1: This is Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation Magazine, and I'm John Weiner. Now it's time to talk about what happened in the election in Southern California, starting with the sheriff. The L.A. County Sheriff has more than 10,000 sworn deputies and 8,000 more employees to police the biggest county in the country, 10 million people, and the biggest jail system in the world known for its horrible conditions. Uh, The sheriffs in California are elected, and in 2018, an incumbent sheriff in L.A. was defeated for the first time in more than a century, and L.A. County elected its first Latino sheriff in modern history, Alex Villanueva. He was a reformer supported by the ACLU and all the forces of good in Southern California, but then he became the biggest political problem we had in L.A. because he did all the things he promised not to do. Now he's up for re-election. For comment, we turn to Gustavo Ariano. He's an indispensable columnist for the LA Times, covering, as he says, Southern California everything. He describes himself as the child of two Mexican immigrants, one of whom came to this country in the trunk of a Chevy. Gustavo Ariano, welcome back. Gracias as always, John. So in the election, the challenger in the sheriff's race, former Long Beach Police Chief Robert Luna, increased his lead over the incumbent Villanueva. Currently, as we speak on Tuesday, it's 60% for Luna. 40% 40% for Villanueva with
2: 70% of the vote counted. On election night, I was there at Robert Luna's celebration party in Long Beach, which was alongside another Robert, Robert Garcia, who ju- won his congressional race, first gay immigrant in Southern California, I believe, he's Latino from Peru, to get into Congress, former uh, mayor of Long Beach. The initial result had Luna up by 55%. Then it shrunk a little bit, so I thought, oh, this is going to be tighter this is going to be as tight as the mayoral race. But no, Luna has just been increasing his lead. Every single result so far since Election Day, every single update has shown Rube Luna increasing his lead. And I would think, though, more tellingly, there was also a measure that L.A. County voters voted on that gave the Board of Supervisors the power to remove any sitting sheriff with a four-fifth supermajority. That one from the start has been overwhelmingly approved by I think the last count was 70% of the voters. So there's Definitely antagonism by most of L.A. County against Villanueva, and they went to the ballot box and proved it. Assuming now
1: that Villanueva concedes one of these days and (laughs) Robert Luna becomes the sheriff, what kind of sheriff do you think he will be? For starters, let's talk about the jails. As I said, the L.A. sheriff runs the largest jail system in the world, the ACLU here has been suing the sheriff about the jails for, I don't know, 40 years or something like that. The latest lawsuit, the uh, ACLU won in September, when a federal court judge ordered LA County to fix the jail's inmate reception center, the IRC, after the lawyers for the uh, sheriff conceded there was horrific treatment of people confined at the Jails booking facility. uh, Attorneys for the ACLU found people chained to chairs for days, dozens sleeping head to head on concrete, uh, open defecation, no sanitation, medication withheld, people with mental health needs waiting for days in the IRC because there's no more jail beds available. Do you think the new sheriff, Robert Luna, will fix the jails?
2: Oh, geez. This is a department that, when was it not? a reign of terror. I mean, you go back to ever. I I think just sheriff's departments in general. I have a a general antipathy toward departments like that, and especially the people at the top. Something about that position makes folks drunk with power. And then that's my... That's my columnist voice my objective voice says this is a department where just two sheriffs ago three sheriffs ago with lee baca went to federal prison along with his undersheriff for corruption uh jim mcdonald who was a former sheriff of Long Beach, or former police chief of long beach robert luna's former boss he got elected for one term because the deputies turned on him because he was trying to make some reforms so luna comes in inherits all the problems that McDonald and also even Villanueva tried to fix. And on top of that, has a a deputies union that was against them has deputy gangs that are still part of the LA Sheriff's Department, have activists who are not happy with Luna because uh, at the Long Beach Police Department, Luna had his own controversies. His department was using like a text messaging system that immediately deleted text, it didn't save them at all. And Luna said, oh, that was our mistake, we didn't do it. But people accused him of trying to not be transparent. During the protests of George Floyd, Long Beach Police Department officers they fired non-lethal uh, weaponry at reporters. Uh, Adolfo Guzman Lopez from KPCC got hit in the neck. Cerise Castle from KNAC LA also got hit. These are and Luna never really said much about it, so he's going to have critics from left and right. By all accounts, Luna himself is a nice guy, but. I do uh, But the people who even support him, they've told me that you don't need a nice guy right now to try to reform this department. And also, I have to say, we kind of heard this story four years ago, a guy, a Democrat coming in saying he's going to upend the incumbency and selling everyone a message of I am not the incumbent. I am more liberal than incumbent. And we all know how what happened with Villanueva. What about his
1: relationship with the L.A. County D.A., George Gascon, who is A famous leader of Progressive District Attorneys in the United States, Gascon, just sent out an email saying that a criminal justice reform advocate is leading in the race for L.A. uh, sheriff. Uh, Villanueva, of course, was a a declared enemy of L.A.'s Progressive D.A. Do you think uh, when Robert Luna becomes the new sheriff, he's going to have a friendly working relationship with our Progressive D.A.?
2: Luna, from the start, has said you need to have a working relationship with all the arms of L.A. County government when you're the sheriff. If you you cannot attack, you cannot be at odds with people just because you don't like them. And of course, there's going to be clashes. Uh, You know, he again, he comes in as a nice guy, but. At the end, he's still the head of the sheriff's department. He's going to have to he's going to have to win over his deputies first before anyone else. With Gascon, yes, he is a leader of uh, having a more progressive district attorney's Offices across the country. On the other hand, his office just announced that they declined to file charges against charges against the deputies who shot and killed DeJuan Kizzy, uh, you know, a black man who uh, whose death led to a lot of protests. And there's a lot of these other things there. I mean, it'll remain to be seen what Luna does because he had his own uh, police department in Long Beach have to pay out millions of dollars in wrongful death uh, lawsuits. It's going to happen. I mean, these things happen again and again. I will say on election night, though, he told his audience, which were progressives, friends of mine who were there, deputies wearing the Blue Lives Matter uh, little pin on their lapels. And he said, like, I'm I'm paraphrasing here, but I'm the type of sheriff that when something goes wrong, I look myself in the mirror and I ask myself, you know, or basically tell myself it's on me. So that's better than Villanueva, who blamed everyone on the planet except himself and the chip on his shoulder.
1: And then let's talk about the L.A. mayoral race that, of course, between Karen Bass, a member of Congress, former head of the Congressional Black Caucus, former community organizer in South L.A. She currently has 52 percent of the vote, while billionaire developer and former Republican Rick Caruso has 48 percent. Officially, it's still rated too close to call, but everybody is now saying Karen Bass will win. L.A. will get its first woman mayor Rick Caruso famously spent $100 million of his own money. He targeted the Latino vote. Here you have expertise that we really need. I've heard from you that he did not just spend his $100 million on ads on Spanish language media, that he actually had a a genuine ground game in Latino neighborhoods.
2: Tell us about that. Well, look, when you're a billionaire and you could spend a... Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.
0: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Shopify.
2: Hundred million dollars of your own money, you're gonna hire some of the best and brightest in the business. And they wisely told Rick, you just can't write checks and do ads from uh you know the Grove or the Brand at Americana. So Rick was <laughs> pounding that pavement. I mean, he went to Boyle Heights, the very famous Latino neighborhood right next to East LA, at least seven times, spending hours talking to business people. I went to one of his events there, and I could tell you that the love for him there was real it's interesting because of course across the country people are saying that latinos save democracy by going for uh the Senate, the democrats in both arizona and nevada but in los angeles at least it'll remain to be seen how latinos finally voted because the polls leading up to the race literally the weekend before election day by the la well sponsored by the la times but done by berkeley showed latinos as the only ethnic group that supported rick caruso for mayor and also that supported alex villanueva for sheriff if that holds i think it's going to be a very fascinating analysis of what happened because look la still you know use whatever shade of blue of deep blue that you like was it emerald blue aqua blue i'm not good i'm not good with colors but it is It, it absolutely is very very blue But if Latinos who are a a majority of the residents in LA County now, I think uh, still a minority of the votes, except I I think about 35%, if they went for the more conservative Democrat, what does that tell us about Latino voters in one of the most liberal areas, big cities in the United States?
1: Yeah, and of course it's been a Republican dream, at least since Nixon, that Latinos should support Republicans in part because the blacks support the Democrats. Ever since Nixon, Republicans have said, you know, Latinos should be more conservative. They should be more Republicans because the the stereotype is they're more family oriented than black people. They're more hardworking than black yeah. people. They're more Catholic. They have more self reliance than black people. This is all the stereotype that Republicans have built on. And and of course, as you say. L.A. is Democratic, but Rick Caruso was a Republican until a couple of years ago. As you say, this is a key testing ground for the longer term Republican, I mean, decades old conservative strategy of recruiting um, Latinos
2: as out of antagonism to blacks in part. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Republican Party has always tried to do that, especially with Latinos. Uh, Ronald Reagan, he didn't say it. Actually, it was one of his advisors, but famously associated with him saying Latinos are Republicans. They just don't know it yet. (laughs) And I, I have always maintained there's an element, a big element of truth to that, except that the Republicans screwed it up for the past quarter century by pursuing xenophobic policies the fact yes that even trump was able to gain more votes from Latinos in 2020 and that the Latino percentage now that go for Republicans, like thirty nine percent, even in this supposed red trickle, I think that still says a lot. But imagine if the Republican Party wasn't so fascist, wasn't so against democracy, didn't support such whack job candidates across the country and had maintained a semblance of normalcy for the, at least the past 20 years, I mean, look, we're now in, in a part where George W. Bush was got about 40% of the Latino vote, and he was advocating for amnesty. Imagine if the Republican Party continued that way. Latinos would have been the Irish and Italians of a previous generation, the ones who were so for Kennedy and by Reagan had forsaken the Democratic Party largely for good. But hey, that's all on Republicans. And all you know, I would also say so on Democrats as well for not being, for keeping uh latinos as just yeah of course you're gonna vote for us so why should we even bother with you folks you know you cannot ever uh just think someone's gonna be there for you
1: and just one footnote we always have to remind our listeners latinos are not a single unified group the latinos of los angeles county are primarily mexican americans and central americans that's not the case in florida
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Florida, of course, is ruby red Republican now because of Latinos, Venezolanos, basically refugees from what they say are like socialist uh, demons, whether it's, uh, you know, Castro, uh, Hugo Castro back in the day, Nicolas Maduro, the Castros, of course, in Cuba and uh, elsewhere. But yeah, that's a completely different thing. But also, I would say in Southern California, you have those Mexican-Americans like myself who grew up with you know uh, what i call rancho libertarianism where your families did come from r- rural areas rural areas almost anywhere uh at least in mexico are going to be a little bit more individualistic a little bit more libertarian but then once we come up here and you hear republicans you hear republicans calling your uncles and parents invaders you have mm-hmm. democrats taking us for granted well yeah you're probably going to go democrat but you're not going to be uh beholden to democrats and i you know well again i i we're only a week away week after election day so in a couple of weeks we'll have more results more uh, uh people just putting the screws on the election results and putting them geographically and ethnically i can't wait for that
1: one other race in southern california w- i want to talk about in uh, orange county Our candidate, Katie Porter, seems like she will be re-elected, but there was a very disturbing uh, defeat for Democrats, the victory of an incumbent Republican, Michelle Steele, who's Korean-American, over Jay Chen, the Democrat who's Taiwanese-American. This is the race where Uh, The Republicans ran a TV ad that featured actors portraying Chinese Communist Party intelligence officers saying about the Democratic candidate, quote, he's one of us, a socialist comrade who even supported Bernie Sanders for supreme leader, one man says. And there's a photo of the Chinese Communist president on the wall behind them. And then a title appears, Jay Chen, he's perfect for communist China. And the two men throw their heads back and erupt in maniacal laughter. <laughs> uh, Gustavo, is Jay Chen perfect for communist China?
2: Of course not. And he's also a veteran. So shame on Michelle Steele for pursuing those pathetic tactics. But there's no surprise. Her husband is Sean Steele, former uh, chair of the California Republican Party. So he's someone who knows trash politics because he is trash politics. When Michelle Steele also, her district is very bizarre. It was redistricted in 2020 or, you know, 2020. So for this one, this is the first time she's running for it. And it basically goes from Little Saigon, so the capital of Vietnamese, of the Vietnamese diaspora in the United States, if not the world, and then goes upward and extends out to Fullerton. So it gets it's a very Asian district It was created like that. Also, with her fellow Korean-American Republican congresswoman, uh, Young Kim, these were two districts that were created specifically with having an Asian-American representative in mind. So what Michelle did is just I mean, it's you would remember this more than me out of the days of Bob Dornan and these old school caveman, Republican politics that sadly still have an audience in Little Saigon, which is fervently anti-communist, fervently also immigrant, so buys into that stuff. I mean, I have to say, even in like more Latino areas of Southern California, I saw campaign mailers who had that sort of, I mean, I hate to say just cheap politics, Uh, black and white blurry photos of people making all sorts of ad hominem attacks. They work, especially when you have an uninformed electorate that uh, is not paying attention. So shame on Michelle and shame on the voters who voted for her, but hey, it's Orange County. Republican Party didn't make the comeback that they wanted to, but they're still alive. This was not the death knell for the Republican Party just yet. So Orange County remains purple and Orange County remains a place uh, where people are gonna be fighting. Gustavo Ariano, the indispensable columnist for the LA Times, gracias Gustavo. Gracias to you, John.